Welcome to the effects loop. I'm Scott. I'm Chris. I'm Marissa. I'm Diaz. How you doing? <laughs> We're keeping you in the loop of the guitar community. I'm sorry. Uh, I had to. We can redo it if you want. No, that's fine. <laughs> okay. Hey, right. welcome to the effects loop. <laughs> I'm Jimmy. You, you, you sound like prison mic from the office. <laughs> <laughs> This episode is brought to you by Nonsensical Laughter. Uh, hey man, prison's hard. You got the Dementors. <laughs> the Dementors. <laughs> the Dementors. Hey, prison Mike. <laughs> oh my god. You know what? I'm surprised that the uh, Stanford merge played out as well as it did. It was like really bad and awkward at first and then finally like smoothed in. <laughs> yeah, everyone quit. Yeah. Except uh, Karen and Andy. Uh, Karen ended up. Where did she? She ended up to go what to Utica, right? Yep. Yeah, she left pretty fast. And then, uh, who was the last lady? Um. Andy? Oh. Uh, who? She was like the saber person in charge of the Florida store. No, 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 no. Um, I'm talking about um. From Stanford. Yeah. No, no. She was. She lasted right towards oh, towards the end of that season I think but like yeah no it was uh, it's it was, just Karen Karen and Andy were the only ones that lasted no there was a, I'm talking about she lasted quite a bit longer um, she was the tall lady she looked kind of dull I guess is the way to describe it very average oh was she the accounting lady Probably. I think she might have been yeah I think she was accounting uh, Hannah Barr that's it so oh i remember her yeah see, <laughs> she, she left i have i have literally no memories of her one two here. three four five six she was in six episodes yeah no she was in there she quite left. a bit no she She's finally like, ended up leaving but it was right i can't remember i'm watching the i'm watching the office again but um <laughs> yeah so uh thanks for sponsoring the office episode string joy <laughs> as we get back should we start okay, the office reset. podcast yeah, re No, that was going to be good. That was getting good. We're not resetting. Everyone can listen to us argue. Keep this yeah, in the podcast. Let's jump into the sponsor well. spot. Let's do it. Let's do it. Just do it. I mean, we did skip our West Wing episode. That was supposed to be episode 25. I'm pretty sure you skipped episode 25, or was that 26? <laughs> that was 25. That was 25. Yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, you weren't even there for it. So we did talk about it. I guess. But um, anyways. Uh, <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Stringjoy. Uh, <laughs> they make custom sets of strings to your heart's desire. Uh, they specialize in balance tension strings, which, you know, not really all manufacturers do. Uh, check out our episode a few episodes back where Scott Marcourt joined us talked about the history of guitar strings a little bit and how we kind of wound up with a modern set that you buy at a guitar store and how his are a little bit different. Um, I actually just bought a ton of them, got some uh, projects in the go, and I think we'll talk a little bit about that in our what's new. But let's, uh, let's kick it over to Chris. What's new with you? Uh, I got nothing new this week. I don't know. Dang it, Chris. A shiny, brand new set of tires that's what you got oh yeah those are always tires are shiny. Here, i bought tires well i'm probably gonna be in that same boat because i got a rebar go through my front Oof. tire this morning <laughs> at like 5 a.m that was nice this is why i'm renting a car for my road trip this week because i'm like <laughs> my car's gonna break i just Did, know it well you've had two tire incidences within like a few months of each other on uh yeah. Well, what's funny is I've had I've had car problems both times I've come back from Nashville over the last two years too. Yeah. Uh, but that yeah I got that one coming back from Nashville I just hit something like a mile from my house, which was annoying. Um, but at least I got that far back home before something bad happened. Yep. Um, and then yeah, like three four weeks ago I got another flat tire. Not happy. Mm. Yeah. So I'm so safe to assume if there's nothing new for Chris, there's nothing new for Marissa, or did you find some new cookie uh, recipes that are gonna be delicious? I'm still searching, cause like 
I know Scott likes the, you know, the soft and chewy ones. Yeah, you need to get closer yeah, to your mic. Well, hold on, hold on. If you look at me, you know that I like any cookie. So, <laughs> so don't worry about that. Heck, I even like oatmeal raisin. I do too. Like, oatmeal raisins are good. You know what? I think maybe oatmeal raisin comes with age. Yeah, I didn't start liking them until like my 20s. Yeah. Yeah. So I can always do that. Listen, I'm down with soft and chewy though. I'm I'm not a fan of the the crunchy cookie. I don't understand why See, that should See, I'm not why either. That, why is that a uh, thing? Why is well, that a thing? Well, well, there there are there are crunchy chew, crunchy cookies that are good. Okay. Like the President's I, Choice ones are delicious. Which ones? Those aren't those are crunchy. President's Choice, uh, the the decadent or whatever it's called. That's a that's a pretty premium premium Wait, cookie. Like President's Choice, what type of what Caucasian food are you eating? Like that's like <laughs> you guys don't have President's Choice down there. That's like level that's like level ninety Caucasian. <laughs> they're they're uh, a regional food distributor. For your region, maybe I don't know. Yeah, I've never seen those. Pres- All right, so that's your. Um, that's also also that they are really big in Canada, so maybe that's where I'm thinking about it. But which is funny because. Canada doesn't have a president. Hey, listen, Scott. Next time you go to Canada, if you can get me some President's Choice and some Timbits, and just mail those on down. Oh, <laughs> uh, Timbits won't be good by the time I mail them. <sighs> Do I look like a guy who will care? <laughs> <laughs> the answer is no. <laughs> oh mm. my gosh. No, listen. Uh, heck, my mom used to bring food up from Florida when she'd drive up. It's a 10-hour trip. I don't care. she bring chicken gizzards? Best food ever. Scott, wait, wait, Scott wait, wait, what? Have you? Oh my gosh, Scott's never had chicken gizzards. Ooh. Go on. It's, okay, they're flip. I make the best chicken gizzards, hands down. I'd take on anyone. It's a challenge. But it's like, you don't want to know what it is, but it's like, it's, it's chewy, it's fried, and you dip it in hot sauce. It's the best thing ever. So Sounds what part? What part of the chicken is the gizzard? You can't see it if you're looking at one, so don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> what a way to describe it. That's the best. That's all you need to know. Okay. Um. I have nothing new this week besides the fact that um, we uh we were talking last week about um before the episode, kind of talking about you know, like what we wanted to do. <laughs> with the podcast and and all that and one thing i talked about was i really enjoy doing live videos so i did one this past week um and i'm kind of trying to find the format for that so if you're a av you know avid listener um send us an email or post something in the group tell me what you'd like to see um i know will Hugh and i talked um he's a listener and and that kind of helped me with that choice of doing the live videos and I got my Line 6 Sonic port up and running, so that was pretty, that was like kind of my new thing for the week was kind of testing out some content for our listeners. Is this the first time you've tried out the Sonic port since uh, Line 6 gave you a replacement cable? Yeah, and um, so I did the live video and at first you couldn't hear me and it's because it wasn't plugged in. <laughs> well done. <laughs> I didn't tell everyone that, but it's pretty cool because I use. Um, uh, I think I'm clipping. Uh oh, I'm getting a little loud. Uh, I'm using the Zoom H6 uh, as a interface, which is pretty cool, and it's done a great job. So like, I can talk on the mic. I can mute the mic, you know, whenever I'm playing and whatever. So it's pretty cool. Um, but I did get that new cable. And got it up and running, even though I kind of crushed the cable a little bit. Mm. Hmm. Those cables are, they're not cheap. They're just, I mean, it's small and it's plastic. It's kind of like an, you know, your iPhone charger, like you drop it and you like, you don't pay attention sometimes. Yeah. But, but if you get used to like a quarter inch cable, how much abuse one of those can take? Cause there's only two, you know, strands in there. Yeah. And then compare that with like a lightning charger or all those kind of things. I mean, how many pins does a lightning cord have? Was it 32 or something like that? Uh, I can't focus on it enough to actually count. But, I mean, there's a lot of pins on a lightning connector. Scott, so. are you, if you can't count, it's okay. You can just tell us. We're not going to judge you. 
<laughs> that's what I pissed Scott off. Um, I've got nothing. I got nothing. What is that noise? Is someone playing a piano? It's not no. on our end. A motorcycle just drove by my house. That might be. Now my dog's oh, gonna growl. Yeah. Right. That's <laughs> awesome. Way to go, Vader. Pay attention. Um, Scott, what do you have new? <laughs> Uh, I got two new things in today, uh, which is a good thing we were recording on a Monday and not a Sunday, because otherwise I'd have nothing. Hey. Uh, so I got a big old care package from Scott over at Stringjoy today. Um, I put in an order and for uh, I don't know, a couple sets of tens, some acoustic strings, and uh, a custom set mm -hmm. that I'm going to have a later project about. Um, so and a T-shirt. So. Uh, Got some good swag from him. Um, one of the sets of tens are already out because another package came later this afternoon, like right before we started recording, where I pulled out a Cower Titan KR1. Okay. I know Diaz is just seething with jealousy right now. <laughs> All right. He's gone silent with jealousy. <laughs> I love so it. So silent. Uh, yeah, I have been hunting for one of these for a while. Uh, the opportunity finally came up for me to grab one. Um, so I got a, oh shoot, what's what's the green okay. color called? Uh, Verde something or other. Okay. And it's got like a parchment guard with a pinstripe on it. It's really pretty. It's pretty. Uh, plays yeah. really well. Um, need to put new strings on it because any used guitar does. Um, and I think the previous owner had nines or eights on it because it felt really light. So, uh, looking to, I'm going to have to set all that up and get it planned, but really looking forward to digging into that. Oh, and Diaz left in protest. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, that explains so much. Yay. Yeah. Sorry about that. Oh, uh, don't mind. I was just sitting there talking about my Titan. <sighs> I didn't, I didn't stop recording, so if we want to, if you guys stopped or whatever, we can hop back in. Uh, yeah, so that's that's everything that's new with me. Uh, let's jump into the news, and uh, John, why don't you take this first one, new, this new product offering from Epiphone. So Epiphone is uh, offering the Peter Frampton Les Paul Custom Pro, um, which... Everyone knows Peter Frampton's Les Paul. It's, yeah, the Frampton Comes Alive cover. Yeah, I mean, it's just a, a classic. I believe it's a Black Beauty. Or maybe Basically. it was a. It was a, a third pickup was added. But, um, I mean, it's really cool that they're offering an Epiphone because. It's it like instead of it all being Gibson higher end that you can't afford, they're offering a good Epiphone, you know, lower price point. Uh, did it say what the price is on that? Uh, I haven't. I thought it was on the high end of uh Epiphone offerings. Like I think it was just sub thousand when I first saw it, and because I'm on the Epiphone website, I can't see the price. Yeah, but that's not a horrible price I mean no I mean Epiphone has made guitars in that price range with their pro series um and they play like a thousand dollar guitar like that price is very justified as long as you can wrap your head like it's like the you everyone goes oh it's an Epiphone it should only be 300 bucks but yeah well, well yeah, wait, uh, is it actually a thousand bucks I can't find a, has the price actually been announced yet uh, Maybe that's why I'm just not seeing it. Yeah, because I'm I'm just like googling everybody I can right now, and like Sweetwaters is not popping up quickly. Oh wait, hold on. Well, uh, the guitar only version is 900, and then the premium outfit, which has like the whole certificate of authenticity and all that good stuff, is 1200. So, okay. Yeah. That's not. I mean, that's still not bad for a signature guitar, and it's. I think the main thing would be is how it plays, like. Mm -hmm. I mean, Epiphones play really well, um, but I would want to see what their feeling is with the design. I mean, I'm sure it feels like a Les Paul, but 
Um, that and the weight on it. Mm-hmm. With the extra, I mean, not saying the extra pickup's going to add a bunch of weight because I mean you're taking out some of the body too, but I don't know. Some of those, some of the less Pauls, uh, get pretty heavy. Yeah, and I mean, but also for the end of price comparison or whatever, um, in the past Gibson has done a, a Peter Frampton Les Paul, and so one of them went for fifty two hundred dollars. Mm. So nine hundred dollars doesn't seem so crazy anymore. And then they had the the Phoenix version, which was relic. Was it a I limited one, one or is it gonna be like? Are they gonna like make quite a few of them? Uh, they're claiming it's limited edition, but I don't know if that's just the one that comes with all the the extra doodads. Yeah, no, I think it's a good. I think it's a really good idea for a guitar because there's not. I don't know. I don't think I've ever met a guitar player that like hated Frampton's guitar playing. Yeah. I mean, he's yeah. He's, I I I uh, I mean, I'm trying to think of like anything negative to really say about him. I mean, he was like one of the first guitar gods, really. Yeah. Um. Did you see him do uh Black Hole Sun? No. Oh my gosh. All right. Uh. If I need you to check that out. Yeah, he does it uh, with the talk box because he's... Oh, that's cool. And, and it actually... Oh, like the intro has, part? No, he does the whole thing. He like, Oh, that's cool. So his guitar is singing, pretty much singing Chris Cornell's part. So <laughs> it's it's really cool. Um, I think... I don't think he uses the Ebo. He uses the Ebo on that at the beginning, too. I th- that's, oh, that's, that's how I stumbled cool. upon it. It was like whenever I got an Ebo, I was like, cool songs with Ebo. And I think someone put Frampton doing uh, Black Hole Sun. So it's it really like showcases. It's probably like one of those songs where like it's like, oh, yeah, that's a Peter Frampton song. It's got like Ebo. It's mm-hmm. Talkbox. It's got a cool solo. So. Yeah, I, I just, you know, my favorite song is by him still is Baby, I Love Your Way. But. You know, everyone's got their own. Um, thing. Do you feel like I do? It's a good mm-hmm. one. The, I mean, the whole Come Alive album just is really yeah. that changed. That that's an album that changed rock and roll. Mm-hmm. Also, great Simpsons appearance. <laughs> um, didn't he appear on Family Guy as well? I uh, I have not watched Family Guy as much as I have Simpsons. I think he appeared on Family Guy when Peter and Death, like travel through time. He comes out and plays oh, Baby yeah. All of Your Way. Oh yeah, he's like Peter Peter Frampton. Yeah, I think come he... with me with your guitar and yeah. the thing that makes it go wah 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 wah. wah, wah. wah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that one. <laughs> that was like first season, I think. Yeah, I think it was either first <laughs> season or second. I'm pretty sure it was first though, because I I got those DVDs like the ten dollar pack DVD at Walmart, the and that was on there. So, um, what's next? Because we are this is like the probably the most ADD episode we've had in a while. <laughs> yeah, this is what happens when you get me right after work. Uh. Also, in that run, there's also a. They're also doing a Peter Frampton acoustic guitar. I don't have a lot to say about it. No, I don't know if you guys do. Really. Uh, I mean, you can do Baby I Love Your Way. Oh, the acoustic version, yeah. Ooh, baby, hello. Was there a. I thought the I thought the live version. I thought the one on Come Alive was acoustic. Is there a non acoustic version? Yeah, there, there's a full band version and like just him with an acoustic version. Oh, oh. But he, I think he plays the acoustic on the full band version. I thought he played a 12-string for some reason. You I might, don't know. What is it a 12-string that is acoustic? Uh, his signature is not. Okay, yeah, but we are both right, so that's okay. All right. Uh, so <laughs> next up coming out, uh, Victory Amps is releasing a line of preamp pedals. Chris, you were really digging into these. Oh, yeah, because uh, I'm sure most of y'all has, like, somewhat kept up with, like, some conversations that we've had. Um, I've been on, like, an amp journey trying to find the perfect thing for me um and since i really hate like carrying around amp heads when i saw these first get announced i think back in winter nam i feel like i was super excited because you know the i'm just going to focus on the sheriff one in this uh round it's their plexi basically Mm -hmm. so it's a two channel plexi with i believe it does have a power amp out if i'm correct is there an effects loop on it oh no it goes out to a power amp 
So it's kind I guess of theoretically you don't need a effects loop on it. You just run out of that into. Oh, I mean, it does have an effects loop on it. Also, oh, cool. yeah. Well, well, that's beneficial because that's the name of the show, so it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to double check and make sure I'm not. So he, all right, yeah, this so, is just a preamp pedal, but it's still good if you're wanting to like run direct or. But if you, you have know, a preamp and you're running direct, don't you? Wouldn't you still want like a cab simulator? Oh yeah, you are. Okay, if not, it'd and be arguably pretty harsh, a power right? amp simulator. Simulator too. I mean, that's the yeah. like mm-hmm. everyone gets so obsessed with like six L six or is it the L eighty four? You know what my power amps are doing. So yeah, so, yeah there's that's an effect too, but. I, I uh, are there so really how would you pedals? set this up? Uh, they're not. They're just these are strictly preamp. For some reason, no, I was no. thinking they were power amp. Oh, you're no, saying? But do they make? Do they? Do people make power amp pedals? Uh, sixty cycle hum was testing out. I think it was a mower one. It might have been another brand, but it was something like EHX that. EHX had the uh, the high two and forty four or forty five watt ones. Well, the, but weren't. Those were just a pedal that was like straight up a power amp. Yeah. Though. Oh yeah, because you could run that into your speaker, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And okay. then there's the uh, there's the Milkman at the amp. I think is the one we're kind of all comparing these two, which also has a Class D amp in it, and it has a DI out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it has the like, tremolo in it too. It does. Yeah, and yeah. it's uh, but that I comparatively price wise, where are these coming in at uh, from Victory? Shit. I feel like I've seen them priced in like the three hundred dollar, like two ninety nine oh, wow. or three ninety nine, somewhere in there. So they're That's not, not bad. that badly priced. Especially also since considering it's all there's tube. tubes in there. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's uh, not bad, but um, I mean, because wish Victory had is, better distribution. How long has Victory amps been around? I feel like I'm just now really hearing about them. Well, they're they're out of England, and so they got in real tight with Andertons, and that's given them okay. lots of distribution. So, but like for the longest time, I thought it, I thought they were like exclusive to um, Rift City. See, when it I might think- have been, but like when we were up in Rift City, like when we visited one of the Rift Cities, I don't remember seeing any Victory amps in there. So maybe it's just like strictly either. online or at their main store. Mm-hmm. They seem like they. You know what? The one thing is, is when I look at them. So aren't they like kind of a like very square chassis? Mm-hmm. They do like almost a lunchbox style head. Yeah, yep. they remind me of the Yamaha heads. I don't know which one came out first, but they kind of have that feel of like just the square metal box. Oh yeah, I think and Yamaha's like the box night train and the orange. Was it the Micro Terror? Yeah, the the they've got that kind of thing. Are they that I think small? Think of the THR. So yeah, thinking I'm about? thinking of the Yamaha THR. Yeah, that was like a, their modeling amp, though. Yeah, it was still a great amp. It was great for. Um, I went and bought a pedal from a guy who had one. It was that was an awkward. You know what? I've never. That should have been my awkward buying experience. <laughs> Man, yeah. can we rewind this a few episodes? <laughs> Did you ever go to that dude's house where he was like going to give you pedals to no, play with your? Um, well, uh, I'm probably going to go this Friday. Uh, we, him and I both we've been just kind of off schedules. Um, I've had a lot going on, and he's been kind of sick. He's an older guy, but mm-hmm. I think I'm supposed to be going. I talked. I told him to call me, and we might try to set up something this Friday. Sick. Okay. So uh, I did. I was able to find a pre-order for these. They are four hundred fifty dollars. Mm. Oh, still, not so, bad. still coming in under what like the milkman yeah, was. I I don't know. I feel like it's kind of weird if it's just a preamp though. Yeah, I mean, what's actually really cool about Victory stuff is it's actually very affordable. Yeah, considering it's a boutique brand and like high end stuff. So, like for example, a, a real Kraken. Um, wait, 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 hold on, hold on. Kraken, did they did they come out with a Kraken pedal? Yes. So you're telling me they uh, released the Kraken? Uh, <sighs> yes. Nice. <laughs> that was horrible. Um, that was your dad joke moment of the episode with DS. <laughs> uh, but like, their mini amp comes in around 900. The the full blown Kraken, which is still a pretty low powered amp, uh, comes in around just under 1200. 
you know, a lot of their amps come in under 1500 at a, a boutique amp head. That's a pretty aggressive pricing strategy. Yeah, and so, they don't sound bad like they, you would expect something. Uh, they're PCB. They yeah. have to be to fit in that size of an enclosure. But I wonder if maybe, I mean, I wonder how boutique they are then. Well, they're I mean, made in England, so. They're made in England. So they're probably, they make them themselves on a PCB. So, okay. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, they're arguably boutique because they're still a small brand. Yeah, yeah. In in that sense, it's not boutique as in this guy's building a tweed circuit in his garage. Well, no, and only putting I'm not, out ten a year. Yeah, no, I'm not going with that. I just, I, you know, I think I'm a little skeptical of brands nowadays because there's so many that are just outsourcing, and I don't know, maybe that's it. But oh, like like how like there's like boutique builders guild or whatever that's called where, uh. Like they're the people who build Wampler stuff, and so like Wampler is actually a very small company, but they're man- they outsource manufacturing now. Yeah, or, like, or no, Two Rock was with the them lines, for a bit, and like a bunch of other brands. More along the lines of like the companies that don't come up with their own stuff. Like I don't mind if you outsource someone to p- build your PCB and all that, but mm-hmm. if like I know or I'm under the impression, and I would like bet that Brian Wampler's the man designing the pedals or the the people at Wampler. I'm th- I'm, th- I'm talking about like companies that are just like rebranding and bringing stuff in, but oh, like, like the, the Donners and, and the Donners yeah. and the Moors and all that and yeah, I I mean this is, Victory is definitely unique designs in the fact that no one builds amps this size. Yeah. And so there is like a lot of engineering going into their product yeah. even if it is a hey this is our pre- this is our play off this circuit originally like they are changing stuff up and putting work in it's not like they're just doing a part for part clone yep. oh, and yeah. they're not creating That's tube good. screamers you know hey there's nothing wrong with a tube screamer then why do we have so many different versions of the Tube Screamer? Because there's, there's something wrong, wrong with everyone's with version. Actually, you know, I don't play Tube Screamers, <laughs> so that's actually... That's, like, that's uh, more for Chris. Yeah, Chris is the Tube Screamer guy, isn't he? Yep. Kind of. All right. Actually, speaking of modern clones of uh, circuits, the Electro Harmonics has now released a reissue of the Triangle Big Mouth Pi. Uh, that, if I recall correctly, is coming out at around $100. So you get to save some money off a vintage one. Yeah, those look... So they've been reissuing a lot of their muffs in the smaller enclosures. Mm-hmm. But this one, I liked the video that they posted of it. It sounded great. Yeah, it. I mean, it, it's been interesting. You've seen all these people doing all these plays off big muffs for a while. And it's good to see Electro Harmonics basically coming in, undercutting everybody. They didn't go, oh, we're going to do boutique versions of everything and jack the price up. They're coming in very aggressively priced on this stuff. So it's very attainable. Um, like, I, I brought the, the op-amp version that they did. Because uh, mm-hmm. I like an op-amp Big Muff and I... Uh, and Billy Corgan. Hey, you plug that thing in and play Cherub Rock, it sounds awesome. Um, so, yeah, it's... I think this, like all of them, I think they're going to do well. I, I do wonder, are they, are you getting people where they're like, I want all the muffs, and mm. so they're buying all of these individually? That's why you buy a JHS Mufaleta. Actually, that was the first muff pedal I owned. You Do you still have that? I do. I'm not using it a lot. I, I, I like it. Um, have you compared huh. it to other... Well, they don't have an op-amp muff on there, do they? Yeah, that's the one that that pedal doesn't cover, and so that's why I really wanted mm. to grab a, that one. Um, it would be fun to get a sample of this, hint, electroharmonics, hint, <laughs> and uh, do a shootout. Yeah, Mike Matthews, while you're listening to this. Actually, I, I met a contact at EHX. I need to follow up with him. Um, really, dude? I have his card You have You made a contact here. at EHX and, like... I Yeah, I've been talking to him. Dude. Make that happen. That's a company I'd love to work with. Yeah, I mean, I uh, I was using my uh, what's it called, the Super Ego this weekend. Oh yeah. Our, we haven't had a keyboard player for two or three weeks. I don't know what is going on with my church, where like suddenly no one plays piano, or no one's <laughs> available who does. <laughs> yeah. What kind of 
what kind of multi-thousand person church doesn't have piano players? Um, be listen, get your little chopstick fingers up here. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to do this. No, no, no. You're just playing pads. All you have to do yeah, is hit this. Yeah, you're just playing chords. So, uh, you're you're just, fine. <laughs> that's it. Just, just stand there and hit play on the laptop and we'll do all the work. Uh... <laughs> uh, so I've so I've been laying down pads as like kind of my role a little bit. So like I'll lay down a pad or two, and then I will play the guitar part over it and have to like do a lot. But like the super ego covers so much ground. It's it that is my one of my favorite pedals. All right, hey, and ADD, now that I got the deluxe, it's so much better. ADD moment. What happened with your uh, soundboard Sunday morning? Oh god, uh, yeah. Um, so my soundboard went down morning of. Uh, the entire Dante network wasn't passing audio to our in-ears. And so our sound guy, like a champ, just stripped the whole system down, switched it to analog. Like he was just, I, I've never seen someone move that fast while wiring. It was pretty incredible. <laughs> so we, we missed like an hour and a half of rehearsal time. So we basically just played the service without practicing. Nice. But like it was pretty much everyone we've all been playing together for a while so it was a pretty solid band and we didn't we only had one new song so it wasn't that bad yeah that sounds like kind of like the way my worship team is is we uh we're pretty solid like uh, we literally this is the conversation as we're walking to set up hey we're moving that song up a half step and everyone was just okay like lead lines everything just boom up a half step didn't even rehearse it so. Yeah, ever since I switched to Nashville numbers, I've been able to do that way easier than like trying yeah. to record sheets and being dependent. Like I'm able to memorize the song way faster and uh, like just adjust on the fly. It's been really nice. Yeah, Nashville number system is something that is an amazing thing to learn, especially early on. So my son started playing bass uh, a few months ago and they, uh, the worship leader who, so I pretty much, we kind of have like two worship leaders um, they're brothers um, and you know they kind of split everything down the middle but the one who's in charge of making sure all of our uh, all of the instruments besides drums because the other worship leader is a drummer he takes care of drums so all the other uh, musicians he takes care of us he taught him Nashville number system and he just kind he just slid right in no problem nice so I mean it's just a pattern for the most part if, especially if you're doing bass or if you do cowboy chords on um guitar or not cowboy chords if you do a lot of bar chords it's really simple to do Nashville number system to transpose on the fly but we're getting yeah. distracted yet again oh it's great uh why don't we jump into our last product that was new that we found interesting from Maris oh the goodness. Enzo and they're calling it a Multi-voice Wait. instrument synthesizer. Is there, an, is, some, is there like a fire somewhere? Yeah, I, there's a siren going out of my street right now. <laughs> oh my gosh. <sighs> and my windows are open. Oh, don't worry. It's getting closer. Oh, sweet. Uh, don't worry. <laughs> oh my oh, gosh. Yeah. Let, let's just everyone take this time to listen to this. Say a prayer for whoever is uh, on the other end of this. Yeah. Well, mm -hmm. maybe it's a good siren. Like someone's having a baby and they're going to the hospital. All right, they're gone. So the Enzo from Maris. Uh, it, it looks... I, I'm reading through the features and seriously, what does this thing not do? No, the question got, is, like, what the hell is it supposed to do in the first place? Like, <laughs> like it's, it's so crazy. Um, isn't it kind of like a filter thing? But it's got... It's filter, delay... There's a synthesizer in it, so that's where you know it reads your pitch, mm -hmm. changes it, like creates fake tones of that pitch. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I like all these like Envelopes. synth pedals coming out now. So the thing is, all right. So Maris um, is uh, some people from Strymon left. I believe one of their main engineers or designers of like the circuits and the and everything left, and they started this company. Which is funny because those people also left line six to start that, and then they... are those the same people? I'm pretty sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So line, so Strymon, our damage control, came from line six employees. They left there, and they started damage control, and then damage control now does business as Strymon, and then some of those people left and started this company. 
Um, if I'm wrong, I don't care. Uh, Comment in a group. Yeah, just put it in the group. Just say you're wrong. Or you can be like, you're wrong, and I'm not going to tell you what it is. Hee <laughs> hee. Um, but uh, they, like, are getting so crazy with these pedals. They can do so much. I we You know, it's kind of insane to think about, like, how much control goes into one pedal and just how like these pedals have it like oh if you can attach an expression you can ramp this while bringing this and changing this mm-hmm. and it's oh my god these pedals are not for stupid people you need a degree in something to work these pedals <laughs> I'm getting frustrated just thinking about it and I'm not even going to own one but that's like I watched the when they came out with the reverb I watched it and the, the like the demo video from them was like 30 minutes long they're like yep and that's just scratching the surface like that's yeah i mean it's it's amazing how powerful things are getting it does kind of bring us into a great question which is our topic for this uh for this episode uh first off about is there now a life cycle of pedals like is technology advancing so fast that these things are becoming obsolete or what's going on with sort of how DSP is coming into the market and changing things versus where you used to get, you used to buy a pat pedal and it was pretty static. You had controls on the top, but it only kind of really did one thing. And multi-pedals, multi-effect units are getting more and more popular and kind of changing the way things are. Um, so are, well, is I, the market really changing now? The Okay, I here's, the, here's what I think about it. So... Um, I'm going to use, let's use coffee. All right. So mm-hmm. um, you're always going to have the old people who go to McDonald's to get their coffee black and sit there. That's the people who are like, tube amps are the only way. And, uh, you know, they're like, oh, I just need a tube screamer in front of a Marshall and I'm done. You know, you've got that. And then you've got, it's kind of a generational thing. Then you've got the younger generation. Um I'd say kind of towards my age around there where we're like, yeah, no, this is cool. This is neat. This is awesome. But I, I still like the old stuff too. And then now you're coming out with, and those, those are like the people who are like, yeah, I like Starbucks, but if you've got a pot on, that's fine. And then you've got all these young, very young people, 18, 19, 20, um, who are, into all of this crazy stuff they're in this is the people who are like i'm gonna do the coffee drip through my own stuff what is it aeropress yeah like all this stuff that is kind of like in the boutique coffee world and you've got these these people want this stuff they're like i want to be able to do all these different noises and stuff like that and Mm -hmm. it's one of those things where i think the generations i can identify who the other people are and you're always gonna have the people who don't see eye to eye and will not even give her budge on it i'm kind of in the camp of if it makes you happy go for it but like that's like this new stuff is becoming so intense and so you were it requires so much knowledge that yeah I, the the ramp up time on getting acquainted with a pedal is getting a little crazy. Yeah. I mean, I mean, uh, I bought this Boss MS3. I don't know how long ago, and thinking, oh great, now I can do a mini board. I'll get all my tones out of this thing, and you know, I won't have to haul as much junk anymore. And I just, I don't know the the learning curve or whatever it is about like transitioning my mindset to presets and hopping presets and hopping around in them and pre-programming my whole board and all this kind of stuff. I, I just, I'm not able to wrap my head around that yet. I think a lot I, of that too with the, the presets comes with, there's two different thoughts when it comes to actually learning to play. Um, you've got the people who want to play exactly the way the song is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And, that's, and that's a preset person. That's the people we're like i know the tempo is going to be 125 i'm going to use this delay this overdrive setting and this like people who use the the kemper with the remote stuff like that and they have the different mm-hmm. presets like you know i know on this song i want uh 65 
you know, basement with this, this, and this. And then there's the people, which I've realized I'm in this camp where I don't play the part the same every time. I mean, if there's a lead line, I'll play that for the most part. But some of the parts I take little liberties with and I might play something different if, you know, it feels like the song's moving in this, you know, way. But I think like that's when I try to do a lot of MIDI, I couldn't really stick with it because of I'm not a person who can lock in and just say that's my pre that's my setting. I'm done. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm like I I have no problems wrapping my head around what MIDI does and how to program it, but mm -hmm. I just I'm having trouble setting myself up for running my pedal board off that. For example, like I just I I've got a buddy doing that right now. He just sold like off all, everything he has that's not MIDI controllable. So like he just got a Brothers this week and is playing oh. with that. Um, and his whole goal is because he sets up his worship set. He's he's the he's the leader, so he's setting everything up in um, main stage, and he's setting up you know loops and everything like that. So he's like, cool. I'm going to also set this up so like I never have to use my pedal board. Mm -hmm. I'll just you know run all those off of the 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 same cues. It could, yeah, it can and, run the same mid. It can send the commands whenever it sends the cues. Yeah, and I've seen bands do that. Like I think Periphery does that because Periphery is a very you know rigid set they're not improvising yeah um but i i just there's that, I, there's I, that I don't part know if it's, i don't want to be toned I, I i can't think ahead because i i'm normally a good planner elsewhere in my life and thinking ahead about stuff um i i think part, for me it's the hesitation of like crap always goes wrong my biggest so. thing is is that in my my ears change and how I hear something whenever, um, like if I was programming something, I'd hear it this way, but then I might go to the venue and play it. And I'm like, ah, oh, it just doesn't seem right. Like I want to be able to kick on, you know, a little, you know, another overdrive and stack it and get a thicker sound or something like that. I think that's my biggest thing is I, I can't, I can't just stick to a certain song, like a certain sound on a song. Hmm. I just I can't do it. I don't know why. We are so, way off topic. Yeah, well, well we kind of stayed in there about just like our heads aren't working with this, but yeah. um a common criticism that we've kind of seen especially in like the praise and worship community. I know we're not solely focused on that, but you know, it's something that still is pretty uh we in all our do face. It. Yeah. Yeah. Um is there always seems to be like the the delay pedal du jour uh yeah. or reverb pedal you know that's the hot new one and it seems like you know well, we're barely even talking about things we saw in january anymore at at winter nam yeah like the life cycle has just gotten so short on some of these pedals now i think i think that you know i wouldn't say the life cycle short because w there's new stuff coming out constantly I'd say the life cycle's kind of short because we have an oversaturated market and they fall back. But also I feel like they're not, we're not getting great quality products like kind of they used to be in like the whole world changing thing. Like the line six. All right. So a DL four is, well, that was a groundbreaking. Yeah. Pedal. But, but the thing is, is Scott, you're still using one. I am still using one. Yes, it's it's an amazing sounding pedal. Um, here's one. Uh, e Eventide Time Factor. I have which one, are you're using? Which I'm using because, I mean, it was groundbreaking. I mean, that was before the timeline. That was before the DD500. That was one of the first, like, smart delays, as I like to call them. Um, mm -hmm. And, but it sounded amazing. And the thing is, is we're getting these products that come out and they have cool little like flash in the pan things but when it comes down to it do they really sound amazing um so here's a here's one that was really big and then i haven't heard much about it in a while is the empress reverb and the empress delay the new ones oh those were um, great yeah no they're great i mean and the thing is is they have some good sounding stuff on them but the life cycle on them has kind of died down but i I think it's because one of it 
one of the problems I have with it is the functionality of it. Bank up, bank down, all this stuff with the presets. Mm. I don't think it's got the greatest functionality on it. And I feel like that kind of played itself out. Which is one of the things that, frankly, the Strymon did very well, mm -hmm. uh, was the ergonomics of the pedal. Yeah, and the, the user interface is not all that complicated on it either. Um, the Boss DD500, I think, has one of the most complicated user interfaces. And granted, you can change a lot of things and you can do all this, but when I got one, I th I've owned two of them. I got one the first time and I was kind of overwhelmed with the user interface and underwhelmed with the sound. And um, I got rid of it. And then I got another one. I was like, oh, well, I'll give it a good old another shot i felt the same way i mean but there's a lot of people who like it i mean but if he i think it really shows that all the you know the the good pedals from the companies that are number one the companies have to last um mm -hmm. they're gonna stay and everything else is gonna kind of fall to the wayside so i mean you could argue on the life cycle on some pedals you know they didn't the company wasn't big enough not enough people really got into it but i feel like the market should adjust for it if it's a good pedal it's gonna it's gonna make a name for itself so mm. yeah it's it's interesting too uh we were talking a little bit about this in the pre-episode of um what's kind of cool about the way digital pedals have gone now is that the Technology doesn't hasn't necessarily been advancing over the last five to ten years. I very technically minded people will will argue with me on this one, but realistically, um, getting things from analog into digital is very reliable now, and there's a lot of great products that are very affordable out there that does that well. So um, I know that was a big selling point on the Boss 500 series, where they were saying, "Oh, we have better." you know, um, A to D and D to A, and we're running at a higher bit rate and bit depth versus what Strymon's doing. And we've watched Strymon kind of hold its value and the 500 series from Boss got really popular for a hot minute and now are kind of faded off. It's back um, to, it's, it's in that like 225s range on the resale, 220, 200. Mm -hmm. um, that's a, I mean, the time factor is there. It doesn't have a, the used value is a lot lower than the newer um but I, that's also market saturation due to there's so many of them out there it's been around for so long mm -hmm. but the boss time i mean not the boss timeline wow strymon timeline um you know the it still does a great job i mean there hasn't been a huge update or anything crazy over the past few years but it still holds its resale value very well um, most people buy a timeline uh, used, know they can just turn around and sell it for the same price usually, and they get to try the pedal. Um, but you know, but shouldn't that market be saturated at that point? I haven't, haven't. It's not like people are pre-ordering and waiting for a, a timeline like they are a King of Tone right now. Yeah, you know. All right, the King of Tone thing—that's a whole crazy thing in the first place. That the I don't think that there's a whole lot of pedals that are going to be able to do what King of Tone, what Analog Man has done with the King of Tone as long as they have. Like, or at least intention. Well, they, they also intentionally limit the supply. Yeah. Um, same thing with like why, you know, KTRs are popular as they are. You know, there's always been a limited supply and they go randomly out of stock and you never know if you're going to be able to grab one. So you got to grab one while you can. In Canada. You know. Hey, I really like that pedal. Uh, yeah. Hmm. I I really, really like the KTR. Um, but uh, the other, but the other interesting thing too, is you were mentioning earlier, like there's guys who just have to have that tone, mm -hmm. you know, like they're like, all right, this is how James Duke played it yeah. <laughs> on that album. I yeah, need to I go needed. download his presets. Well, James Duke usually uses a DD20, so mm -hmm. can't really pull that one off. But, uh, yeah, there's... I don't know. I think a, there's a lot of pedals that are just going to last because 
they've become standards because of the quality they especially the when they came out the timeline came out and was this phenomenal pedal and it, it did that and it became a standard especially in the praise and worship world um even then the timeline is something that has really moved into uh other genres as well but you've got um eventide is one that i just want to keep coming back to look at the factor series the mod factor time factor and then uh what's the reverb called the space um eventide space uh even like eventide's newest pedal product like or one of the newest ones was the h9 all it was was a small enclosure that was able to download all the factor sounds Oh, I mean, Line 6 hasn't really updated their algorithms, to my understanding, in a while. They just keep no. upgrading the hardware and the user interface. Yeah, I mean, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. That's the whole mm-hmm. thing, too, with, like, it comes to tonal quality, um, or sound quality, if you don't like the term tone. Uh, but it, <laughs> if you put out a good product with a good sound, it's that that's what's going to, you know give your lifespan but i'd say when it comes to new products the lifespan is somewhat shortening but i think it's due to the attention of guitar players we can't focus (laughs) i'm sorry what exactly yeah we noodle around (laughs) in practices and shit and all that good stuff quit tuning while we're trying to sound check drums oh oh, i was gonna say tuning up mike cower i've had to have my back to it um because I can't stop focusing on it. Um, <laughs> yeah, do you guys, did you know I got a, I, I got a KR1? Did I tell you about this? Did, did you? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's, it's pretty sweet. Probably like the same color and everything that I love. You know, that's all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it looks really great in person. You, you wouldn't believe it. <laughs> oh, I want um, one so bad. Okay, I'll, I'll also ask this. So, while we're on the attention deficit disorder um, train, how popular flipping has gotten and how easy it's gotten with things like reverb and all these online tools and eBay before that. You think that's encouraging some of this that a lot of us are able to buy stuff and turn it around and not really lose much money on it. Yeah. It's a rental system. It's a, it's a, it's a self-invented rental system. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's part of what's motivating this whole, I mean, also that combined with Facebook groups and Instagram, mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. I need to have I need to have all the likes because I have the current hot popular product. Listen, you know? I'm I'm 100 guilty of that. You oh, make I think sure we all are. You you make sure the good stuff, and then you tag that company because they might repost it. Thank you, Rockstock Pedals, for always reposting my picture. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's. I'd say flipping has a lot to do with it too. And like, I think reverb has reverb changed the game because they made it where you can see what it's selling for. I mean, eBay, you could do that too. You could kind of check, but reverb has like, because it's focused on musicians has just Uh made it so easy. I don't know how many times you see people get pissed off messages. Uh, the lowest one, on or the highest one on reverb is 470 right now would you do 464 like it's uh it's just the whole market's changed i mean back whenever a lot of these pedals came out the industry standards some of the early boss stuff people paid whatever it was marked at the store they didn't know how much the, the guy down the road was selling it for used. they didn't have craigslist yeah you know? Yeah, I mean, you you basically you bought it at Guitar Center and then you sold it back to them at used prices. You bought it at your mom and pop's places, like yeah, oh yeah and then you'd sell it back to them. That was always great. Get that ten percent discount or whatever. <laughs> Listen, that actually worked for me one time. Like I'm not even. Um, I forgot. I bought a Gretsch because I traded. I forgot what guitar I traded in. I traded in a guitar I didn't like, and I ended up getting a Gretsch that I didn't like. Um. And, uh, man, they did give you 10% off that purchase. I saved like a hundred bucks or 80 bucks. It was like $800 guitar. Was it a 500 or 5,000 or whatever the, yeah, it, I, I don't know. It was, uh, it was one of the maiden Koreas. 
it was yeah. like was it like 54 22 something like that i don't know i can't keep track of their number system yeah it's weird <laughs> it's <laughs> almost as bad as ibanez yeah oh my gosh all right well i think we've uh we've covered that topic uh pretty fully chris really I, hasn't said much he just yeah, chris hasn't said anything i know it's been it's the scott and jonathan I show know, i mean i don't really have much to say on this topic because like I'm like a fan of both camps because there's a lot of times that like I have to go with a certain thing. Like one of our notes we had was like hardware versus software, which kind of touched on with uh, like the DSP versus like an analog delay or well, whatever. Well, even then, I think one thing. Oh, one thing we mentioned was like hardware and stuff. You can with nowadays with a lot of stuff, they don't need a new pedal. They just need to give you an update. Yeah, because you can like if you really wanted to you don't even have to like go out and buy a full rig anymore if you wanted to you just sit there and run GarageBand or whatever the mm-hmm. fucking main stage <laughs> is we need yeah. the dolphins <laughs> yeah like, oh. <laughs> but uh <laughs> yeah like you don't even have to buy a rig anymore you can go buy a $30 software and now you have an, like whatever rig you want that week Oh yeah. yeah, um, like, I think I, I'm probably the, the most guilty one of doing this. Like, how half the time I don't use an amp anymore. Mm-hmm. I run into my computer and I, I get that great. I actually get a great tone out of it. And on top of that, with like when I'm like tracking background tracks for you know church, I I plug into the I plug basically through my tuner into my interface because I I just need a buffer to make a guitar sound good before it goes into most audio interfaces Mm -hmm. and then um yeah i i have a plugin that does a great tube screamer i have great delay pedal plugins and they were some of them are free they're just given out like it's it's amazing how easy it is to gain good sounding stuff these days without really having to work that much i would you know and i would also say the the one thing is is the longevity of you know the how long uh, a guitar pedal stays relevant is also the fact of a lot of these pedals are just copying not copying but they're just mods on existing stuff too yeah Uh, especially on like the boutique end uh, of things it's a lot of like oh I can make it more authentic or I can make it more vintage yeah you know that kind of stuff but like Nowadays, everything old noise blood and endeavors came out with. Now that they're an established player, is unique and different. Yeah, everything, everything recent out of Wampler has been pretty, you know, unique in its own right. Everything that you're seeing come out of any of the the more established players that used to be boutique but now kind of aren't moving into that big big boy game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, like Healy, JHS isn't JHS, really doing. Yeah. Well, I mean, JHS has their stuff where they're like, "Here, here's every tube screamer." Oh yeah, and a pedal, which used prices are I, not no, really sinking wait, on, on that yet. Hold on, Earthquaker has every type of flipping tube screamer in a pedal. Palisades, yeah. Gosh. Oh yeah, yeah. I forgot about that one. JHS just picked nine that they liked, or something like that. Yeah, it, I mean. I guess they they do have those pedals, but at the same time, they're not doing like every other month. They're coming out with that. Okay, here's my best CE one. Mm-hmm. All right, yeah. here's my best. You know, any of the, they're not rehashing the vintage pedals as much as some of the usually most up and comers kind of are. Um, like that's how you kind of that that used to be how you made a name for yourself. Also, and, if you're if you're an up and comer building pedals, don't tag the company that you're copy <laughs> stop it's not even cool anymore no there was no. there was a guy in brazil who was making a jhs legit copy of a morning glory has the it just doesn't have jhs on it but it still has the morning glory symbol that everyone knows it's gold it's got it met don't tag the company it's stupid it's like and and don't hashtag them at least try and act like you came up with something yourself. Mm-hmm. All right. So also don't steal somebody else's design and then pass it as a unique thing. Yeah. At least like, I mean, if you're going to copy a morning glory, be like, it's a blues breaker derivative. 
lie. Just lie about it <laughs> until you get caught and then apologize <laughs> and hope you don't get sued. And then, and then just make more stuff and be like, no, I've changed my ways. It's cool. And find a better goop to put over your pedal, your, you know, your circuit board. So yeah, people listen, don't know what you're doing. Get goop for your goop. Ooh. All right, with that thought, let's let's close it out. Uh, once again, thanking Stringjoy uh, for the sponsorship. Uh, again, check them out, stringjoy.com. Great products. Email them, info at stringjoy.com. If you have any questions, any crazy ideas you have, any anything, um, they will they will they respond a very quickly, but b they they really help you out. So um, definitely check them out. Um, also, you know, check out our reviews on iTunes and feel mm-hmm. free to leave one if you're liking the show. Only if you like the show. No, uh, no, no John no. can only fake so many before we actually uh, get going. I've got <laughs> I've got two kids and a wife that got a phone. I gotta put this up and running. <laughs> uh, check out our Instagram over at the Effects Loop. Uh, I will probably be posting something later today um, with something new I bought. Uh, Wait, later today f- is like the day that it drops or later today the like the day that we record oh gosh i don't know i'll, I'll do it sometime okay i want to post to the instagram at some point you can hold me to that coming sometime at a point in time <laughs> <laughs> um also join our facebook group over at the effects loop just just search for it um yeah. It, we have conversations we follow up on the episodes we always love when uh, people who listen you know chime in give us sort of their take on whatever we're talking about telling us when we're idiots and when we're wrong um mm-hmm. talking about how hot dogs are sandwiches anything we enjoy those conversations uh check out our youtube um if you're not already or maybe even you're listening to our episodes on youtube they're all posted there too if you want to listen 17 to views on the last episode dang yeah, that's, that's that's hockey stick growth right that's there. That's like man. seventeen times more than usual. <laughs> and Dude. finally, if if you have interesting topics for us, products you want us to talk about on the show and check out that you're seeing, email us over at theeffectsloop at gmail Thanks again for joining us. I'm Scott. I'm Chris. I'm Marissa. I'm Diaz, and I haven't been recording at all this whole time. Son of a. was to clip you made that joke last week <laughs> no i'm really serious i've slept no, since just then. to have a spike it just has to have a spike okay yeah not a clip <laughs> and that's why i click uh, I, I snap instead of clapping oh i do a pirouette and then clap and, and then you again. just slam the microphone into the desk <laughs> yeah, no <laughs> i'm not at a desk didn't you just hear the argument i'm sitting in my recliner like when i <laughs> No joke. I need to take a picture of how I record the podcast. I sit in my recliner. I lay back. I've got the microphone sitting. I just enjoy myself. Good. But you don't, you're enjoying yourself, but you won't move it to the bedroom? No, I'm not going to the bedroom because all there is, I can lay on the bed looking flat up or I can be sitting at my uh, desk and that chair is not as comfortable as this nice lazy boy recliner. Good point. So... How am I supposed to eat my chips in the bed? It's doable. I think I think, <laughs> Scott, I think you can do it. You Scott, can do it, Diaz. <laughs> Scott believes in me. 
<laughs> Listen, if there's one gonna, thing I believe in you for being able to do is eat in bed. You're gonna believe that I'm gonna get my ass kicked by my wife if she has to get in bed and there's crumbs. I'm gonna be trying to lay on the moves like, hey, sweetheart. This is why. This is why you eat on top of the bed, and then you just take the comforter off and you just shake it. <laughs> Someone will clean it up. I don't know who. And then you kick your Roomba on, or you invite your dog over, and you're done. Uh, no. I'm not gonna so, try uh, that. Let's. You wanna? Get, mm-hmm. Let's get this thing going. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. Welcome to the effects loop. <laughs> <laughs> hey, welcome to the effects loop. How you doing? <laughs> yeah. Uh, That's it. That's the intro. <clears throat> That's the intro. How you doing? <laughs> Welcome to the effects loop. How you doing? 